This episode of Super Legit brought to you by Australian advertising campaigns, the barbecue on the left, and running out of time to edit this long-ass episode down anymore because there was just too much wonderful sharing going on. episode of the super legit podcast we're going to call this one super legit origins josh spence oh okay but without the uh the stitch together ryan reynolds mouth this time oh man so it's gonna go way better i think let's hope maybe not maybe uh maybe by the end of the night we'll be stitching your mouth uh shut um because you'll have talked way too much oh that will never happen <laughs> but we can we can do our best uh for for listeners listening to this first of all god bless you secondly uh we're on this uh platform called zencaster so i can see jet and i can see steven they unfortunately can see me and the part that makes me insanely mad and jealous is uh underneath uh the masks that we have to wear in la county i haven't shaved and i've kept a track of it for four months now and i the amount of facial hair that i've grown is like i look like an 11 year old who just ate too, <laughs> who just ate too much chocolate pie and like that and that was the after two weeks that was it <laughs> and then i went three and a half months of just maxed out <laughs> facial hair and i'm looking at these two suave gentlemen with just full-on bushy grungy beards that i would just i would kill for but i i, wow. I look like a i look like an obese 12 year old would, would that be beard aside like if you kill somebody for their beard that- <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that reminds me of barbicide of oh, course yes. the, the stuff that you use to to clean the uh the implements yeah I, imagine if that was like it one of the seven deadly sins from like and it was in the film seven like morgan freeman walks in don't come in here. He committed barbicide. <laughs> and you you just see like a guy just sprawled out on the floor with like a shaven, well, shaven face. <laughs> also what you call a um, uh, murder of a Barbie, correct? Yes. Barbicide. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and when you just, you really just, uh, you go to the, to Australia and you just, you murder that grill right there. Yeah. <laughs> that was, no, yeah, I was that's, just thinking that. That's actually what happens if you go, cause to my, you know, I grew up in Texas. If you uh-huh. eat so much barbecue that you die, it's called committing barbicide. Uh, there we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just watching uh, a documentary. Jet, uh, Jet, and Mike. We 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 talk pretty luridly about food that we want to go try. <laughs> and like, uh, anytime I'm cooking something, or uh, Michael Hyman. Shout out to Michael Hyman. He's not here tonight. Uh, if he's cooking something and he's like, "Hey, I'm working on this," I'm like, "Yo." Send me them dirty pigs, and it's like, it's like a, it's like this perfect like ribeye yeah. that's been like cooking in butter. No, when, when when we say send me them nudes, we get photos of noodle dishes, <laughs> yes. and yeah. they look yeah. damn good. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, the things uh, I would do to those noodles. So I, the reason I brought that up, I was just watching Master Chef, or uh, yeah, Master Chef barbecue on Netflix, Ooh, okay. and uh, like one of the first places was like Snow's Barbecue mm, in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, I I just and because Stevens from Texas, 
I just imagine where he's from, just like on every corner is just like some like temple of barbecue where it's like perfectly smoked. It's like Starbucks, I mean, right? Yeah. It's, that's, and, and it's not like that, but it's wow. not, not like in that, every town, <laughs> in every town, there are at least two barbecue places and whichever one you go to half of the population there is going to be like, wait, you went to the one on the left. Oh man, you got to go to the one on the right. And it's going to flip to the other half. I mean, this sounds exactly like the churches in those. I love that you dropped into that Texas accent. Just real. Boom. (laughs) Nice. Happy to have you back, Stephen C. James, by the way. You've been up for a little bit. It is good to be back. And he just left. He just left. He's back. Yes. And it's just it's just the three of us this week. That's why it's a special episode. Um, Other people have busy lives and shit to do. Uh, weddings to go to, uh, classes to attend, all sorts of good excuses. Taking to, uh, finals, plumbers to being successful over, you know, and uh, filming things, progressing through their lives. Oh my god! Meanwhile, the the three of us are the really the committed ones who are are just here for a podcast, like we should be. Oh, I'm in the middle just... of shooting a commercial for Miller Lite. It's a national. So I'm, okay, just on, well, I'm just on break right now. It's fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So anytime you need to step away to say your lines, uh, if you need to run them against us, you know, we're happy to help. Yeah. It's, um, uh, so I, uh, you say mm, Miller Lite is good. Mm, Miller Lite is good. Sure. Did I nail it? Did I do it? Is that good? Did I do it? <laughs> I, okay. Good. I'm right. I'm moved. Okay. I am buying a Miller Lite. Right. I'll be right back, guys. Just uh, hold I, I on think, for me. I, and I think there, right there is the huge dichotomy between myself. Uh, Mr. St. James, because like right now he's just donating his time in between shoots for this national commercial. And, and I'm listening to this conversation, but part of me is thinking, I'm so glad I live in California and not in Texas, because even though I'm a big guy in California, I would be a fucking monster in Texas just eating barbecue for <laughs> breakfast, <laughs> lunch and dinner. Like, good morning. You got any of them pigs? Well. <laughs> I'm not actually filming a national commercial right now. I am, what? however, going to Texas. You tomorrow. lied to us I, all the time. I'm. I mean, you notice how Josh just called me Saint Jean. That's not my last name. Um, no. So uh, I am going to Texas, however, tomorrow, and it is a good feeling though to go there because in Texas I'm in better shape than I am here. I've made no more effort, but in Texas <laughs> I'm in better shape. In Texas I look good for my age. Uh, in Texas, my <laughs> dollar goes farther, as though there was an exchange rate that happens on the plane. Um, there's a lot of other things about Texas that I do not enjoy, but those three are nice. Hmm. Well, re- real quick though, like first of all, you, you, we're still good with me calling you Saint James because yes, you're yes. like awesome. Speaking right? of Texas, okay, the cool, guy, cool, cool. Uh, the guy who originally gave me that nickname accidentally. Um, oh shit! Uh, Somebody did. Oh yeah, I'm not the first. Oh no, no. Uh, Tom Booker. He now lives in Nashville, but I met him out here. Um, he uh, mistyped my name uh, as Stephen St. James <laughs> uh, in a program. I was doing a play. No shit. Called Coed Prison Sluts. Um, I uh, uh-huh. I was one of the. Uh, I saw the sequel to that. I was. I think that was the name of it. I was one of the. Or no, no, no. That that wasn't it. Uh, it was Uncle Walt's Women in Prison. And it was the idea that there was this woman who was like a Disney princess Dope. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who wound up in a women's prison. And I was one of her fellow women prisoners uh, with my full goatee and everything. Um, so it he just decided to cast me because he wanted me in the show. Um, and the woman who played the Disney princess 
in the first run of it is uh, Jen Smedley, who now is like hugely popular with uh, I Mom So Hard, which is like uh, uh, a parenting thing. Oh, um, yeah. She's got, like, you know, they, they've had a, a pilot on CBS and all, all this other stuff. But it was a super fun show. Tom Booker, you know, gave accidentally gave me that nickname with a typo in the program. Um, and and then he uh, lived in Austin for a number of years uh, hmm. where he uh, wound up uh, doing a lot of Austin theater and just recently moved to Nashville um, to be a Parsons partner. I don't know what that is. Uh, his. Yeah. What is that? He's uh, he's partnered with a woman who's a parson. Um, she uh, she's a pastor at a church. So he's. Oh, uh, oh yeah. my gosh. It's, yeah. it's, it's very literal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Shame on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. Well, I was thinking that was like some some lofty, you know, like a college uh, title or something of yeah. partners, like a, you know, a, a Rhodes Scholar, a Parsons partner. And to also uh, further honor uh, my pal Tom Booker, I just dropped his name, which is what Tom yeah. Booker was famous for in Austin. Uh, they have uh, their version of the improv game. Fred Schneider is, hey, Tom Booker, whose name are you dropping? Yeah. <laughs> Ah, nice. What? Mm-hmm. That's pretty rad. Beautifully done. Um, my my origins for you calling you St. James is far different. It, it's this weird thing where, like, um, you know, first we're on like an improv team together, and then we start like it's it, it sounds so salacious. We're on an improv team together, and then we start writing together, and then it's like, hey, I should probably know more about you so we can write better, and then all of a sudden we just start talking and then we start becoming friends and like even talking about shit that isn't even related to writing and then like you know you become this really just awesome guy in my life and just helps me like you become like a guiding light and uh, when i have a question and then you became saint james because you always have the right answer that's starting to sound like super legit origins stephen saint james (laughs) maybe i just i think my definition of origins today is I, I don't think we necessarily have to hear the backstory uh-huh. of Josh Spence because you get you get it in every episode automatically of, of yes. super legit be it episodes with me and my redneck dad by the way I did not realize I grew up as rednecky as I did thank you all for tolerating me um, <laughs> but I, I just love I think it's going to be old man yells at cloud episode where we just talk about the origins well, of things in general, I will say that Josh, you know, it's been awesome because Josh is like if Josh was a knight, he would be Josh the generous. Like he's just like this incredibly giving Woo! person. But Jet, there was a couple episodes back where I wasn't here for one, and at the end, uh-huh. you closed out with this incredibly touching moment talking about your kids. Where I was just oh, like, yeah. "This is the best kind of comedy where it gets you in your feelings." So I feel like you're the one, like you're this mysterious host who's always sort of leading the way and guiding us into places. And I'm like curious about, you know, your origin story. Oh, geez. So wow. day one, okay. you're a baby. Yeah. Go from there. Uh. <laughs> uh, born at home in Van Nuys, California. See, uh, there we go. Already born yeah. at home. Keep going. Oh, no, okay. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I love. I, I I'll t- I'll take Josh the generous so much so like <laughs> so so much so that like there's this running joke, but it's not a running joke. Where because like we're trying to get we and by we I mean I I'm trying to get uh, Saint James more and more into the guitar. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, that guitar you have that I gave you is like a beginner's guitar. You're you're probably gonna need like a better guitar. And like St. James knows how generous I am. So he's like, hey, man, yeah. I know how generous you are. 
don't buy me a guitar. I'm scared. And I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't buy you a guitar yet today. (laughs) (laughs) But like, we both know that this guitar giving moment's going to (laughs) happen. We're just kind of waiting for for when it's going. But to be honest, it's for selfish sakes. Like, he's thinking like he's getting a guitar. Honestly, I'm just getting a second guitarist for my band <laughs> called Ugly Cry. Like, <laughs> just... I picture I picture you, Josh Spence, as an old man with instead of the bowl full of Werther's originals, you have a bowl full of guitars. Yes. And you're just giving those out to anybody who visits. It's All like, right. here, have a guitar. Real, real fucking talk. Uh-huh. And I'm glad it's just the three of us, even though our team will probably listen to it. And uh, and Uh-oh. everybody who listens, shout out to all of our wonderful fans. I've, I've already started saving up for Christmas. And honestly, like my goal for Christmas this year is to give everybody like a guitar starter pack and a thing of like Buffalo Trace whiskey. And just like, have at it, guys. And some good whiskey, too. Oh, my gosh. And I feel like that's a combo right there is guitar and whiskey. And, you're you're and, set. And, the guitar, and like uh, it'll be a Christmas card and it just says you're a fucking rock star. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for the super legit episode, which is just us all practicing our guitars. Oh, which on is weird because everybody's like, hey, did you get this weird text from Josh at two in the morning that says Les Paul or Strat? I don't know what that meant, but I just I said Strat. Yeah. First oh, he said Strat. you up and we we're like, oh, no. And then he said Les Paul or, or Strat. Yeah. <laughs> no. This is going to be more pictures of a meal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The uh, the only other kind of porn Josh sends us is guitars. Yeah. I'm not oh sure if you're God. on those threads, but Michael Hyman and I, we just randomly, he oh, will send shit. us like two to three photos of a guitar in a row. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, and we're, we're just staring at the guitars. And then finally he'll send like the a question mark. Which and we're like, like, oh, you want us one? to pick one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. I've gotten those two. I, I've gotten those two. Okay. Good. Look, good. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've been on an incredibly like stupid run of like guitars this year like when uh because i got it i got a really good return and then the california stimulus happened and then i got some extra money from a settlement so i'm like i'm, I'm getting a guitar and then like i i buy the guitar online through some a- uh, online auction and not only happened once but it's happened on three separate occasions uh yo i will double the price of your guitar just i gotta have it and like <laughs> right I'm not going to turn down double the price of what I paid for a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Guitar flipping. Absolutely. I I had no intention. Not even the ZZ Top style. Yeah. I had no intention of flipping guitars, but I have, I have sold 12 guitars this year. That's that's a lot of guitars. (laughs) That's a lot of fucking guitars. So I'll be like going through reverb and like checking out like classic hollow bodies, semi hollows, metal, odd shaped ones. And yeah, I'll, I'll send like three of them. And I'm like, yo, which one would you guys pick? And to me, it is it is something where I am honored to be included. But I feel like yeah. it's a doctor telling me like, I don't know, uh, which of these veins should I snip in this patient? And I'm like, I don't <laughs> I don't want this responsibility because I'm I could be wrong. I don't know. The bulgy <laughs> one. I'm not sure. The one that goes all swoopity woo <laughs> around the neck. Like, I don't know. Super. Hey, babe. Uh, I just uh, can I get your advice on something real quick? I, I, I just of course, sweetheart. I'm trying to make a, a, a tough decision here. Let me let yeah. me put down my phone so that way I can give you my full undivided attention. Thank you. Okay. Well, let me let me show you my phone because I've just got the photos on here. Okay. But, all right. You you know uh, you know my my big uh, my big trip to uh, 
to Mars is coming up. Yeah, of course. I and mean, I just, everyone I knows. Wanna, all right. I, I Have I been that? Have I been talking that much about Sweetheart, it? I, live I didn't want to make a big thing. And you're going to be one of the first people on the planet Mars. Of course I know. That's a really weird lead in. Like, do I feel that distant? <laughs> I know I was looking at my phone, but I'm aware that you're going to Mars. Okay. All right. I was on my phone reading an article about how you're going to Mars. Oh, my God. Really? Am I in the headline? Yes, you're in the headline. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. Of course. Uh, I don't want to make about external things. I'm just I'm trying to make you a part of this here, make you feel like you're involved in it, because I know it's kind of a... Di- I mean, I'm going to be really, literally distant for uh, who knows how long, possibly eternity. Yeah. I just... I w- I, I want to make you feel like you're a part of this. Um, they're having us pick out the jet engines that are going to, well, were the rocket engines that are going to get us up uh, in, uh, into the stratosphere. Uh-huh. Uh, I just wanted your thoughts on it. All right. Well, I, okay. I, um, I will say I. Just one mm-hmm. or two. One or two. Here, okay. let me show I, you one first. I, I, two. Hold on. Hold on. Um, uh-huh. Harv. Uh, so, Harv, yeah. here's the thing, sweetheart. I. I uh-huh. do not feel like I should be doing this. I get panic attacks at the optometrist. Like every time they're switching between those two lenses, I totally think I'm probably wrong and I'm going to be blind for a year until I go back. Hard, please don't oh, make me gosh. pick this jet engine. No, it's Because if something happens, I'm going to blame myself. They're already, the headline said, man who's probably going to die going to Mars is going to Mars. So now if something happens, I'm going to feel like this is my fault in some way. So they didn't put my name in the headline. No, Harvey Mann. They put your name in the headline. It spoke with two N's. Okay. Like your name. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Got it. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel better. At least at least I'm going to live on no matter what. In one form or another, I'm going to be uh, immortal in a sense. So I'm good with that. I just, I wanted you, okay, all right, you know what, you don't have to be a part of it, but just, don't you want to be? What, I, I what if we pick the wrong one? What if we pick the one you didn't like? Now, listen, Marv, I know that you won the government contract from Northrop Grumman. It's, it's, to, can I, I'm sorry, can I jump in here real quick? No, I just, just I want to make I, sure this right. It's, it's Harv? I said Harv. Okay. I said, I said hard. You know what? Then, I don't want to argue. For, well, forgive me. I'm from a non-distinct Eastern European country. My accent may have slipped a little. Did I say Harv or Marv? Sweetheart, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to jump in here, but hun, do you know how you wanted uh-huh. me more involved? I did so much. I'm going to step in here. Okay. Oh, I may not be able to pick out a jet engine, but this guy's trying to do a power play on you. Dude, you're being a dick. You called him Marv. Okay? It's not Marv. It's Harv Man. Dr. Harvey Man. His friends call him Harv, so you know what? You can call him Harvey. Thank you. Thank you so much, dear. I love you. Thank you. Uh, if 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 I have insulted you, Harvey, man, uh, I apologize. Uh, the reason okay, I there's come- that accent really coming out now. Thank you. Oh, the- <laughs> we we re- get it now. All right, okay, good. Okay, it's all great. coming just, together. I'm just trying to show. It, it makes sense. I'm all just right, trying yeah. to show off. Okay. Uh, I know you won the government contract from Northrop Grumman. Um, but you have to understand. Could you dial the accent back down a little yeah, bit? Because I'm not fully understanding you anymore. Into it now. Eight, it's really eight, coming up too far. Eight, mm-hmm. seven, six, five, four, 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 four. 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 First good. Yes, four. Four. We're feeling four. Right, honey? Honey, do you I'd want four, four or five? No, four. You're good with four. four. Okay, okay, good. We're good, good. at I'm four. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have made that decision all on my own. I want you involved so here's in this what I'm trying. Discussed. Look, here's what I'm trying to say. I'm from a non-distinct Eastern European country whose accent is currently out of four. 
you took the jet engine that I've always wanted, okay? You won the contract, you're the better man, but I'm willing to pay double for that jet engine, okay? Oh. I'll pay double. double. Wow. It's 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 not a I just want to put it out between us. It's not a matter of like beating the Americans, okay? That was like generations ago, okay? It's about playing and writing the thing that you love. And that that jet engine, I've dreamed about it since I was a kid. Wow, I, I uh, that's that's compelling. You know, honestly, I I never dreamed Double. about a specific jet engine. I, I honestly, I, I I didn't really. It was a toss up for me. In fact, since uh, since my, my dear Kimberly wouldn't make the decision for me, I, I literally flipped a coin to pick this one. So, uh Kim, Kim, what do you think? We, well, should we sell it for for? Double? I mean, it makes sense. I mean, what really matters is function. Would you be able to get another engine that does the same thing? I assume because so. I, I would say, you know what? This seems like such a, a good deal. I think the only answer we could possibly give is no. Fuck off. That's what you get for calling him Marv. We're out. Take your money and oh. stick it up your butt. Boom. Oh. There we go. Basrovia. Dr. Harv Mann and I will be leaving now. Enjoy going back over or under the wall. I'm not sure which side of it you're from, since your accent's rather indistinct. Okay. Is the wall still up? I don't, there's, I there's don't no know. There's no wall, okay? There's I no lost. wall anymore? There's no okay. Are there remnants? They're on eBay. You can buy I feel, them. I feel like there could be bits and pieces there, absolutely, right? There's probably still a line. A monument? Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to it's, correct it you. It doesn't yes. matter. I'm American and uninformed. Tee-hee. I love you. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm at an age now where I feel like, like playing with guitars... Or playing mm-hmm. with like your playlists on your on your music library is kind of like what it was when we were kids and like grandpa went to go play with his train set in the fucking basement. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, there's the there goes Josh working on his on his Foo Fighters playlist, and I'm internally having this debate of like, yeah, I know I'm hitting all the hits, but am I really covering what I like, which is the early nineties where like noise feedback stuff am i being true to myself it's a fucking playlist that no one else is gonna hear maybe instead of josh spence origins this is like us taking a glimpse into the future josh who like when kids hit (laughs) baseballs over his fence like they wind up with a fender tossed back over it's just like yes. quit playing baseball and, and pick up a six string. I mean, this is the guy. Yeah, you know, this is the guy this week who I went in our, our group chat to ask about <laughs> incense. And he's like, no candles. you got to go with candles. And he's giving me all these reasons why I need a candle in my bedroom instead of incense. And I'm like, by the oh, end shit. of it, I bought myself a candle. Like I was going into this. Sure. I was getting some incense. And you too, Stephen C. James. Well, I will say this. I'm shocked. Shocked. That Josh didn't just <laughs> Jeff Bezos a candle over to your house. Like, that's yes. that's the scandal to me. I think payday is until next week, and that's probably the only <laughs> reason. I'm surprised you didn't get a, ca- <laughs> a scented candle flight. <laughs> You're like, oh, lavender, vanilla, guy. and sandalwood. A guitar-shaped candle is what oh, I'm going to get next. God. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so, like, okay, so to, so to kind of play off the future Josh thing. Have you guys, um, unfortunately, ever been in an accident or like to a very smaller, exponentially smaller degree? Maybe like broke a plate or stubbed your toe, but you saw like the thing happen in slow mo and you knew oh, it was going to happen, yeah. and then it happened fucking mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. Yep. 
I have that every like Monday and Thursday when I listen to the WTF podcast with Mark Marin. Mm-hmm. And I just <laughs> listen to his like first 20 minutes of monologue. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's where I'm headed. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to be Mark Maron. I, like, no offense to Mark Maron. I don't want to I mean, be Mark Maron. You were Maron. trying a couple episodes ago, but yes, I, I did a wonderful impression of Mark Maron. You did. Hopefully, yeah. yes. But like, I'm like, okay. No, uh, we get to say it's wonderful. You don't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but we did. We did say it yeah, was wonderful. Yeah, solid, uh, solid. Um. So yeah, I assume you mean the sort of like thing where you're just like kind of cranky. Just the kind of cranky thing where you're complaining, right? <laughs> to unpack a that bit. a little bit, just in a case we have folks that aren't listening to the first. Because, like, I know a lot of people. I still religiously listen to that first twenty minutes. I know a lot of people who are just like I skip to the interview. Fucking man, yeah, no, it's twenty minutes of the best. Yeah, no. no. Well, I right, let me throw this at you guys then, and, and let me ask you this, and then you, you'll tell me how it works. So, at at work, I'm in a very like interesting position because, like. Most of the new hires are like young whippersnappers, like in their early twenties. There we like go. There's any, the words. Any, I did that on purpose. <laughs> um, anywhere between like t- anywhere between like twenty one and twenty five, and then uh-huh. there's like seems to be like a seven year gap mm-hmm. uh-huh. where there's like six or seven dudes my age, and then you jump forward and there's like the Chevy lifers, and here's how it goes. So with the twenty year olds. They'll talk to me and they'll like expect me to know all their current shit. Mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, yeah, he's cool uh, for an old guy. Right? Like, <laughs> right. the, the, they'll talk to me about all the shit and they'll come to asking me for advice. <laughs> like, like, Josh, you know things. Where do you know? What would you, what did you do when this happened? And it's like shit I never went through. So I just make it up, <laughs> which is fun for me. And then, like, the dudes that are my age, they're, they like, I'm the smartest one, which says whatever, but like I'm the smartest one of my age group there. So everybody comes to me for advice or like I'm I'm like Joshipedia. They're like, yeah, Josh. So who won like the 95 World Series again? I'm like, dude, clearly it's the Atlanta Braves. They won 4-2. Like pay attention. The Cleveland Indians were shit that year. What planet are you from? <laughs> like, I, just started, I, I become Wikipedia. And then for like the people that are like, the, the like lifers there that are like 60 or 70 they're like i like you you're gonna fit in well here let me teach you everything i did because you're next in line and i'm like no <laughs> yeah i uh, i started a new job recently uh moving from a very very small uh what we call a managed service provider basically a, an outsourced it company is what those are it's they oh i loved your first you go with the first one yeah. from now on. Yeah, no, MSP <laughs> is, is the terminology we mm-hmm. use. But yeah, to a much larger one where we've got like a, a dozen uh, network engineers. That's our title. And it was super weird transitioning over because I came from a job where, I, again, it was a small company. It was just two people in it. And so I didn't have perspective on where my skills sat because I just uh, had us. Mm-hmm. I just had our specific clients and our specific clients needs. Sure. So I knew our clients really well and I knew the things they needed, but I didn't have a bigger picture of myself. So finally, like taking the real power move of stepping away from the company and moving on to something that yes, God, paid so better, scary. but also, oh, yeah. yeah, it's terrifying, especially because I didn't, I didn't really like, I, I have a lot of, I had a lot of confidence in my skills, but again, I didn't know where they sat in the bigger world. 
And so that was scary alone. And I got into this company and it's it's a bunch of really you know skilled, smart, uh, f- kind people who are really supportive and the teamwork is great. But it, what was super crazy for me was like even week one, I had pre-established members of the team message me to ask me for advice on things. Nice. Wow. And you know, I had I had one person uh, reach out and say, you know, you, you're 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 clearly really smart. I know you're going to know the answer to this this problem. And like he said, he's winding me up in my head mm-hmm. is like, there's no way like, like now he's going to ask it and I'm going to be completely stumped and I'm going to make an ass out of this opportunity. And he asked me and I helped him and we solved the problem. And it's like, see, I knew you were going to be the guy. I, I knew you could do this. I may, maybe this guy was like on his first week, like mm-hmm. purposefully setting me up to make Make me feel sure. good, which could major yeah, points to kudos. him if he did that on purpose. But either way, is like that made me feel good. And since then, like I've had people come to me on other things, and like I have solutions for things. And uh, again, there's plenty of people senior to me who are the people who are training me and getting me up to speed on their stuff. So it's not like I'm the guy by any means, but I am a guy. <laughs> but you and are the dude. It's really cool to actually recognize. Oh, I bring something to the table. I know some things. I know things other members of this team don't know. So I'm not merely the guy absorbing their knowledge. I'm also providing my own and it's it's a really nice place to be and actually be able to recognize my value well well but here's the scary part to that oh good no no well Same i'm, I'm Sorry, about to i'm about to uh start massaging jet's shoulders a little bit here because jet i think it's just important it. period that you know your value because toe. i remember mm-hmm. all of us like on that thread Amanda you that. were trying to choose yeah. between those two gigs and you were like i don't know am i yeah. and we yeah. were all just like you know painting j-e-t-t on our chests and like busting out the pom-poms <laughs> yes. and being like you got this man you got this like doing everything except for crushing beer cans on our foreheads to be like who can manage service provide you can manage service provide <laughs> uh, but here's i think here's the weird thing about being in dudes of our age um you know like if like it, it's kind of like the the fear factor of it, right? Because you're scared about the new job, and it's like, like you fast forward into the future, and like there's like the big ending, right? The bitter end. Like we all know, death comes for us all. It you don't want to think about it, but it's 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 there. I mean, I assume, but I'm not <laughs> it, convinced. It's, yet. it's gonna be there, right? You, you, yeah. Like that's a scary. I've thing. been doing my own research. I think yeah. it's a hoax. Okay. Well, the have you heard is about there, these guys. essential oils? I just I've been <laughs> okay. investing. We're gonna see but, where these go. But like, if you so hypothetically, yeah, <laughs> hypothetically, should that's the, the concept big, of death exist? That's the continue. That, right. <laughs> that's the big future scary, and it's like it's funny because I remember, uh, and I'll hopefully you'll allow me space to talk about this a little bit down the road. Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of reflecting in a good way, not not like Elliot Smith needle in the hay <laughs> type of reflecting, but like thinking about like to my 20s and like the things i was like really scared about of like oh my god am i gonna have this amount of money to like blow on stupid shit or like can i ask this girl out oh my god will she will she like me uh where now like my biggest fear or one of my fears is like oh do i do i make a career out of this job like i can make a career out of this hmm. is this is this where i want to settle in and then it's like you start looking at the people around you or it's almost like uh you know are you, are you gonna stay here for the next 20 years mm-hmm. are you gonna or do we have to work together or should we 
Should we exchange phone numbers? Are we gonna just you know just in case in case of emergency? Oh my god, I do sound like fucking Marin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know? but it's like you know you look at the people around you. It's like oh you're gonna be you're gonna be here too. Okay, uh, no. Okay, well you're gonna go. You're, oh you're gonna go, you're gonna start a pot farm in Oregon. Okay, um no that's it's not me. Okay, sure. Um no I'm gonna I'm a writer. No I I I write things. Oh no, you you've been you're a lifer here at Chevy and oh okay, yeah, we make the same amount. Cool, 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 cool. You know, like you start like these like real life strictures, you know, like do I need to is, do I need to own a home? Like how important is you know, like well, all of these actual things are beginning to like adult stuff, you're like, oh shit. I, I'm really an adult. I can speak <laughs> to you on this because I have been in the unfortunate circumstance of being an old man at the age of twenty three. Uh, because I started. Cheers to that, my guy. I started my job <laughs> in 1999, and I'm a middle school teacher. So I'm in a yeah, room with a bunch of people who are 10 years younger than me. So I'm the adult in the room, no matter what, yeah. right? And so Literally. slowly but surely, I started. I was like the I was the youngest person on my campus for the first four years I was there. But it was still like you know people were like, hey, you know. Uh, is this something that you're going to continue doing? And there were various points where I was like, do I want to go off and be a principal, blah, blah, blah. And then I've come to realize that like, no, my my job is a sweet spot where I can do that to fulfill, a, you know, it, it does have emotional value to me, but it is like a financial thing where it's like I'm being paid to do that. And then it also, it's a good enough job to where it leaves space for my creativity, my art and my family. Like it's, it's like, I can't imagine a better job for believing that like, Hey, listen, everything we do here is important. We're like educating the future of children, but also you have your own lives at home and we're going to honor you and leave space for that. So it's that thing where it's like, yeah, you've got these big adult things to consider, but you've done the work. And like, as long as you can still be happy in that job, you're going to be fine. The thing I used to say uh, before I had this job was any job I had, I, I was happy until I realized, oh, they could train a monkey to do this job. Like when I was working at Little Caesars, it took like no time at all before I was like, oh, a monkey could put the dough in the machine, turn it and then put the dough in the machine the other way. It's yep. done. When I was uh, working at the airplane parts warehouse, it was like a summer. And then I was like, oh, no. They could just show the monkey the little tag. The monkey can go to the bin that matches that tag. He starts hooting <laughs> and hollering. He puts the part in the cart, yeah. and then he's good. Great. <laughs> and then when I was waiting tables, that took oh. a while. But eventually, I was like, no. Somebody points at the order. The monkey goes over, points at the order of the person in the kitchen. They tell, like, it, it's going to take a while to train that monkey to not eat the food. But then he's fine. You know? And then, like, teaching and improv, you know, teaching, it's like, well, they can't get a monkey to do this and as far as improv goes i mean that's me being the monkey that's like the monkey looking at me being like <laughs> they trained you to do this they trained you to just be completely in the moment and just play around on stage all right human whatever <laughs> super your first time shoveling shit yeah uh, i'm excited it's uh it's a new it's a new position it's a new opportunity i think it's a it's a starting point to thrive, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I actually am looking forward to changing the culture of uh, shit cleaners in this area. <laughs> changing the culture. I yeah. love it. Oh, that spunk's going to get you. It's not going to get you far, but hopefully okay. it carries you through long enough. 
Well, I, I think spunk actually goes a long way. Actually, uh, I, I majored in spunk. Um, There's a know, lot of spunk in this shit, too. There's all <laughs> sorts of things in this shit. Uh, yeah, no, you wouldn't uh, believe what stuff's in this shit. I, no, I see what you're doing. You're talking about how it's there's semen in the fecal matter. That's fine. You know, uh, I'll, you know I'll gladly pick it up. It's uh, it's my first day. I, I, I get it. You know, rooks uh, rooks get the get the dirty work. Uh, although, <laughs> I mean, what's dirtier than shit detail? But uh, yeah, I'm uh, you know, I'm glad they paired us up. You know, it, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a you know, you're, you're like Danny Glover from uh, Lethal Weapon. Like you're too old for this shit. You know, and I'm just. I'm looking forward You're to this. You're never too old for this shit. I'm old and I'm still doing this shit. And really? you know what? It's like uh, it's like the first day all over again. I love it. I've been here 37 years. I wouldn't have it any <laughs> other way. No, I mean, come on. 37 years. I mean, I mean, who wants to shovel shit for 37 years? I mean, I mean, uh, you know, this is a good I just told you this guy. This guy right here wants to shovel shit. For 37 years and more, because uh, I'm not going anywhere, and and I want to be real clear here, real quick. You're not taking my job. Oh no no no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm kind of hoping I'm, I'm I'm not. If we're being honest, uh, you know, I, I actually again about culture. I wanted to be the guy who uh, took took the toughest job and uh, would use that as a springboard into. Uh, oh. Other avenues. Oh, so you're too good for my job now. You're too good to take my job. No, 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 no. That's not. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I, I, I was actually kind of hoping to learn from you and learn your ways and and kind of. Oh, know. so you want me to? Well, you want me to train you on everything it will take for you to take my job from me and then use it as a springboard to become something better than than this than shoveling shit because you're so much better than me. Is that it? Well, uh, I mean, I'm just busting your balls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just no, hazing that's... you on your first oh. day. Okay. <laughs> uh, that scared me. Welcome to Inside the Shit Shoveler's Studio. I'm here with Grizzles Grayson, 37 year veteran of the shit shoveling game. Grayson, what keeps you shoveling up every morning? I mean, it's just, it's. It's the endless piles of shit. I wake mm. up in the morning. I can smell it in my deep into my lungs. I go out there and all I see everywhere is shit. And I look at that shit and I go, someone's got to shovel it. And gosh darn it, it gets to be me. Grayson, you've done a little bit of everything. All the way from composting to amusement park cleanup. All the way through to the great rotten tuna scandal of 98, which some say is your finest hour. I honestly would say, uh, just to be a little bit of a fanboy here, in 2012, when that bad batch of uh, Top Ramen wound up in the Famimas, mm. and you stepped up to the plate, I, I think that is possibly your your finest hour. But but what would you say brings you the most joy? I mean, I, I gotta say, it's uh, it's the festivals. I love the festivals. You get to see all these yeah. these incredibly happy people, uh, especially, you know, they get these food trucks. Mm -hmm. It's all this stuff that no one's ever eaten before. And their systems, they're, they're not prepared for it. You know, it's all these cultures that they're, they're, they're not, uh, uh, their delicate digestive mm -hmm. yes, systems yes, are yes, just not yes. ready for it. And it's just, uh, 
You know, they just go everywhere. Plus, the, there's not enough porta potties. The sanitation and it's just, on a gotta truck is, is not known to be the best in the best of circles. Dad, this is a this is a festival. I just I just want you to sit back and relax. I don't want you to feel like you you have to clean everything. Okay, you you are a concert attendee, Dad. Just a shit shoveler is never off duty, son. Oh my gosh. That wasn't a shit joke when I said duty. I know. But it still could work as it, one. It, so if you want to make know, it one, just, you can go oh, for it. Okay, but I mean, I'm just I'm just saying this is the Coachella Festival, okay? We go out, we have fun, okay? We spend $20 on a, on a bottle of water. Okay, but there's a lot of ayahuasca being done here, and ayahuasca goes straight through your system. Okay. Drink it from me. I've been to Costa Rica. I know. I'm, I'm happy to pay... For your ayahuasca, like I was kind of hoping we would do one of those like spiritual journeys together, but Ships we can't do in that. The if shovel you're... and the silver shovel, little boy shit and I the man in the shovel. Clean shit if I'm high. We're gonna shit, son. I don't know when. We will shovel then, man. You know oh, this we're is gonna my favorite shovel song. then. This is what I came here for. Oh, love this band. What? What song? I don't. I don't hear anything, Dad. Are you okay? Oh, shit. Did you slip me some ayahuasca? Legit. No, I'm hoping to, Dad. Come on. <laughs> uh, now it's my turn to get us busted by ASCAP. Yes. <laughs> um, but whatever we have to pay for our failed lawsuit, we can make up for in sponsorships, right? Yes, did that's I do right. transition? That's, well, that's you did. Yeah. transition. <laughs> Michael's Hyman. This is his third episode. Michael's Hyman, yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that got uh, But he once again <laughs> set us up with an ad. It's just he's not here to read it this time. So, uh, Stephen C. James, I think you stepped up to the plate for this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I went ahead and I had the guy email me uh, the uh, the MP3 file this time. So no tape. Um, apparently, oh, Hyman's shit. been telling them to send in tapes. And I was just like, you can send me a digital file. Oh, it's on him. Yeah. That's on Hyman. Oh my god! That's on Hyman. So. Oh my god! That, we've been having that fight since forever. Like, oh yeah, we were. Sorry, uh, we'll put that in a second. I've been trying to play. We've we've been talking about this musical library thing because it's been in my mind lately. And every single time I bring up like the lost files I've had, he's like, "Should have had hard. You should have had a hard copy. Should have had a hard copy. I still buy CDs to this day." Nothing like a hard copy. But CDs, not tapes. So what the, what's Fucking, with the tapes? He's an asshole. Is he just Go using ahead. the colloquial term no, of, you no, know, he, send me he, a tape of it? Michael, he's not thinking I'm, about I it? I hope he's hearing this. Michael Hyman's an asshole. Run the ad. Hi. I love you, Mike. I'm sorry. Well, let me click back to the beginning of the file now. All right. All right. Sure, sure. <laughs> Hi. No one's life is free of accidents. Everybody's had a polite little smash-up on the freeway. Or some sort of grim fender bender that you have no way out of. You gotta do something to get yourself back on the road. Well, that's why we say, come on down to Gamma Ray's junkyard. Gamma Ray, we've got space <laughs> for your stuff. If you've got parts that you don't know where they came from, just load them on down to Gamma Ray's junkyard. I'll find use for them, because don't worry, even if you think those parts are unrecyclable, I can use them again. 
I'm building something. I've got a good thing going here. Gamma Ray's gonna make this happen. So come on down to Gamma Ray's junkyard. Sure, you think that there might be undetectable levels of radiation coming out of that old microwave? Bring it on down to me. I could use undetectable radiation. Those billionaires think they've got it locked down? Well, they don't. Because at Gamma Ray's junkyard, I'm building something big. And I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get to space. Yeah, they think you can't build a warp drive out of old parts from a Chevy and somebody's old Lincoln log set and then one of those monitors that people gave up because they were leaking out some sort of weird <laughs> glass because broke toasters got frozen on them. But at Gamma Ray's Junkyard, I can make use for all of it. Gamma Ray's Junkyard, we've got space for your stuff. I'm going to the moon and I've got you to thank for it. Gamma Ray's Junkyard. Wow. Yeah, his internet wow. presence is huge, by the way. He's- I'm really glad we're part of Gamma Ray's relaunch campaign mm-hmm. because if you remember, Gamma Gamma had a it, Jemima looked at her for a while. So I'm glad that Gamma is becoming I, like grandma. And, I don't know what that yeah. means, but like the term sandbagger, it just sort of made the hair <laughs> on the back of my neck prickle. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Do you mean he got severely burned after his last launch? <laughs> Or did he really like pancake That's syrup? Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> really, really liked pancake syrup. Okay. There we go. I was I was curious that's what about I, that. That's what I that's what I Well, most of his Instagram did you, did you, is just like pictures of these things that like uh make the put the Watts Towers to shame. It's crazy what he's building out there. I, I have a legitimate question for you, uh, St. James, if if you don't mind. Can I can I ask you a, a yeah, real question? Yeah. This isn't a bit. Okay. Yeah. Finally, a real one. Okay. And then we'll go back to bits in a minute. So I was I was reading the news, I think it was maybe two weeks ago, and they've changed Aunt Jemima's marketing. Yes. Now it's, it went from Aunt Jemima to Old Mill. Yes. They went to their original label, mm-hmm. right? So, okay, good. So we all know this. And it's old mill, and it's old, an old mill thing. Oh, per- pearl mill. Is that? It was pearl mill company. I, I mean, yeah. I feel bad making it like you're Just the, ask the question. Uh, and, like, is that the right move? Like, do you? It, I mean, you went from to like a yes. person uh, to a very horrible person to a a fucking mill. Like, I, yeah, I, it I is, think there were some steps moved that well, were wrong. Well, don't worry because it still winds up topical because we got the same thing going on with the Cleveland Guardians, right? All right. and yes, so, let's yeah. talk about that too, yeah. please. So, uh, short answer, a person should not be your mascot, especially yeah. a yeah. person who is of a yes. marginalized group, where it's just like you're taking someone from that group and patting them on the head and being mm-hmm. like, oh, you're our, you're a little sports hero. It's the fucking yeah. worst. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with the Aunt Jemima and the Uncle Ben and all of that stuff. And then I will also say, as a black man in America, the... I mean, it's the same thing that uh, uh, Indian Americans or uh, Indian people in America had with Apu, where it is mm-hmm. that is the one of the few images of yeah. someone who looks like you put forth into the mainstream culture. And so it yep. becomes something where as a kid, people will make those links to you. Whereas mm-hmm. if you were, you know, if it's sure. something where it's like, hey, that uh, that you know, uh, cis white male on the playground. Why don't you call him something that that you saw on TV to insult him? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty mm-hmm. you got a lot to choose from 
before you can find something that's going to be insulting. Right. You know, like, oh, we should they yeah. call him like that character in that movie. Yeah. Hey, Tony Stark, get over here. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not really going to necessarily be an insult. But when you have like the the few representations of someone that looks like you as somebody who is, you know, um, uh, a mascot or um, a, a stereotypical uh, imagery of yourself or something that's pulled out of the past, as opposed to who you represent in the world, then yeah. that's the thing that makes it, you know. Um, dismaying. Yeah, I, I the the Apu thing. I, I think of because I, I know it was heavy backlash to the idea of changing Apu or removing Apu because he's a beloved character. Mm-hmm. But I also think people don't understand what they love about the character or, or 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 who the character is or what he represents. And and most people don't get that because because I remember growing up with Apu as a character. I loved yeah. Apu, and Apu had me convinced that I could do a uh, an, an Indian accent as a kid. It's like I can do an impression of an Indian accent because I was doing a poo Mm -hmm. because that was the representation that was readily available to me as a kid. And I had no comprehension of that being racist. Mm -hmm. The character had all these traits, you know, the fact that he had a, you know, a dozen kids and uh, all these different Mm -hmm. elements of it. And it's all funny and we're all laughing at it and all seems harmless because we're not the ones who are being portrayed as that. And as only that to the majority of viewers. Yeah. Well, Speaking of like things you used to be and things you were, uh, it's it's funny going through this again. I'm circling back to the library thing, but it's also a bigger picture. So I'm coming to the library and like there's there's selections of music I have in there that like oh yeah, I, I really I was really into Kid Rock and Corn and Limp Biscuit when that happened. Um, there's also a, a documentary on HBO Max. About Woodstock 99, I recommend you guys 100% check out. Mm-hmm. And it's a great thing because they're talking about like how that festival was like a shit show and how it went down. But it's it's actually, it's also a deeper dive. Just like the in- original Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, sure. But it's also a deeper dive into like what's wrong with like angry white teenager males, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember, I remember being like, uh, and I'm glad I have, I'm glad I've changed and I'm glad there's, you know, you have, you know, hindsight to look at this. But I remember being so into Limp Bizkit and corn and just uh, break stuff and angry and like had this, yeah, like this entitlement, <laughs> you know. And I went to mm-hmm. like, uh, Jet, you know this, I went to like Hart High School in Santa Clarita, which is like, yeah. And it, I hate saying it, man, but it's true. Like the, the only time I would see like any, black people at the schools when we're at football practice mm-hmm. together, you know, right. like there's something incredibly wrong with that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm aware of that now. And they, they made a, uh, an interesting point in that documentary too, about how, like, it's funny. Cause I would consider myself like a, I consider myself like a bleeding heart liberal and like, a, I'm a Democrat and all of that. But even then during that time, like, Bill Clinton was like fucking throwing Monica Lewinsky yeah. under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore. Yeah. There's still like, you know, this level of misogyny that I think we're really beginning to like uncork and reckon with and deal with. And it's just, it's, it's really, it, it's a great irony. It's, it's a trip reckoning with that. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't speak to the white male experience. Um, though JK, I grew up in America. I can, it's all I got fed while I was watching TV, 
But right. I can't personally I, speak. I didn't mean to laugh so hard, yeah. but that was funny. Uh, I can't personally speak to the white male experience, but I can say there's something about being a teenage boy in America that is the great irony yeah. that when a slight breeze will give you a hard on, you basically spend your entire day completely impotent. Yeah. Like you have no power over anything at all mm-hmm. in the outside world, 100%. except you're just filled with this quaking rage yeah. and frustration. And I think it's something yeah. where we need to make sure that this next generation of boys and all future generations of boys, we encourage to talk about their feelings and talk things out. You know, uh, somebody was talking to me the other day and like saying that they were so glad that my son uh, had a lot of confidence. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think the world's all full up on boys with a lot of confidence. You know, <laughs> right. where it's like, let's, let's yeah. train our boys to be like, hold up a tick. Let me think for a second before I say that, which is one of the things that makes me, by the way, Jet, speaking of awesome kids, so impressed with your con. Oh, thank I you. Mean, your um, I, was, I was just thinking, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I was just thinking about how, how vital it is that we pay more attention to mental health of our youth. God, yes. And because if for exactly what you're saying, you know, I, I, I don't want to go, oh, can we po- think of the poor, uh, angry white teenage boys? Um, but can we think of teenagers in <laughs> general? Because, you know, when we have a country where the majority, at least currently, is, you know, white, um, and the, the the male experience is the default, and it's full of all of these, all of this uh, this toxic masculinity that we yeah, deal man. with. That you know, we usually when we talk about to- to- toxic masculinity, it's from the perspective of the effect it has on the people outside of it. But toxic masculinity is toxic to the people inside mm-hmm. of it. Uh, and so there's there's the combination of, of course. Being a teenager is already rough because there's this massive hormonal rewrite of your brain and your body going on over the course of several years that throws you completely out of whack. And then on top of that, you have to reconcile with all these societal expectations of who you are. And this is not unique to white people, uh, you know, white teenage boys at all. It's happening to everyone, but everyone is having their own unique, different types of battles with it. And. Uh You know, I can't fathom everything that goes into, for instance, the black experience there, where especially, for instance, you're confronting your own fucking mortality when addressing, say, just the fact that people are terrified of of a person um, who looks potentially remotely harmful to them by their incredibly ridiculous judgmental standards. So when you have, you know, the the fact that people have to grow up with knowing that their teenage sons uh, get into a car and the black ones have to be terrified of being pulled over and seen to be aggressive when from the same behavior as, as someone else. That's its own incredibly horrifying thing. But I think everybody, the teenage experience, and especially for boys, both with the combination testosterone and the toxic masculine standards that they have to deal with, is not taken seriously enough, not addressed properly, and the mental health standards are terrible. I mean, mental health standards in this country are terrible for everyone. But that's an especially scary time. It's an especially vulnerable time because when everybody's finding themselves and figuring themselves out and they've got YouTube or they've got friends or they've got all these different influences. And so you get people who just want anything. They desperately want something to belong Uh to, something to tell them how the world works. And if it's the wrong person at the wrong time, they end up shooting up a a, a school Mm -hmm. 
or a festival or who knows what. And and yeah. I'm not trying to suggest that can anybody can be that person. But it's I, certainly I also suspect a lot of those people who became that person didn't have to be. Um yes and to 100% all of that both of you guys. Um allow me to second to <laughs> shower some love on both of you guys, man. Like uh I know both of you guys are fathers. Uh I've seen both your kids. I love both of your kids. They're awesome. It's funny, like I, I, I've seen Connor grow. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, like he's he's so tall, like you can yeah. see that he's almost taller or, than his sister now. Or even just like with with Murr, just in the short time I've gotten to know him, like seeing his taste change and what he likes more and more. Uh, I, I hope I get to be more of a part of that because that makes well, me feel good. Thanks to but... Josh, he saw Space Jam last weekend. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, I will tell you this though, uh, both of you guys are excellent excellent fathers and while i am i'm not having a kid (laughs) anytime soon (laughs) um i'm definitely taking notes and i'll also say that to chris sanders who's who's doing an awesome job i'm taking notes from you guys and paying attention to what you guys are doing and, and how you're doing it because um you know, if we're doing all this and you know real talk i've had enough shots to do more real talk uh you know my my dad did the best he could. I spent a lot of time resenting him and being angry. You know, why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that? But like, like he was also unfortunately a product of his environment yeah. where he was very much, you know, Ted Nugent, Leonard Skinner, Camaro Z twenty eight. You get your aggression out by fucking sticking a man mm-hmm. on the field and shooting your fucking gun. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, he. I was a child of divorce, so it's not like he really got to see me that often growing up. So he gets this fresh teenager who he doesn't quite understand, who I, I also did not understand myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh, how are we going to fix this? What's the Ted Nugent of his time? Oh, it's Lump Biscuit. Mm-hmm. Yo, yeah. listen to this. Go play football. Get after it. You know? And I think it's... that's such a int- – well, that's an interesting thing because, like, uh, I'll still listen to Limp Biscuit and Corn, and like they got some tracks that I'm still into, right? That I think sound interesting, but I'll listen to the lyrics, and it's funny because like they're talking about this like super aggro persona, and I, I think Steven mentioned it, and like the super aggro persona, and I was not that guy in high school. I was a I was afraid to talk to girls, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they were just like, get that girl and do blah blah, and it's like that was. That was not me, but I wanted to be that so badly, you know, but, you know, you just, you learn it differently. And I I love what you guys as fathers now are doing about like, hey, use your mouth to communicate what you feel and Uh what you're thinking. And, uh, you know, Jet and I will have these talks where Connor sometimes goes down the wrong path of logic to get what he wants. But I, dude. Jet, I love the fact that you will absolutely you like you know he's wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you will indulge him down the whole avenue of your wrongville, your wrong street, <laughs> and you'll let him like bounce into every fucking car <laughs> to realize that like okay, you, you've ran into every car. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we done yet? Like you've realized that you're wrong, and then at the end, Connor's like, okay, I fucked up, and it's like great, let's move on, <laughs> you know, and like. I don't know as it's almost like you guys are just like preloading the kids with like the right ideas and the right thoughts and just 
kind of like what I wasn't <laughs> raised with, you know? And uh, in one part, that makes me insanely jealous because I kind of wish I had a father like both you guys. Um, but in the other, in the other uh, aspect, it makes me feel – it gives me hope, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. for the future because there's a, there's a lot of bad shit. And, you know, you kind of you look at – I look at my own generation, you know, like in some cases like, oh, we're, we're the – we should we should be leading now, but them boomers won't fucking let go of the control switch. But uh, it gives me hope for the future for sure because I feel that there's better well, coming up. Well, let me say this, Josh: it's you do have two dads like us. I mean, we are we are right here for you. <laughs> like we're not going to be your dad, uh, as in like, hey, do you want to borrow the car? But you know, like we are your friends no. and we care about you. And, you know, if you're having that moment you're where it's our, just like you're our Stacey Keenan, <laughs> I, I don't know that reference. Um, <laughs> my two dads. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I got it. You're good. So, I got it. I got it. <laughs> now I get, okay. Now I got it. That was sharp. It's very sharp. Thank you. Um, but I also say, I think like a lot of, I think like a lot of my friends and I, I can't speak for jet, but I know that I feel like I am parenting um, in opposition to my dad. Like, it's like my parenting mm-hmm. yeah, is dude. just like, uh, let me flip that script. <laughs> um, and so I, I yeah. think that, you know, like all of our parents, like by default, did the best that they could at the time, even if it was terrible. A hundred percent. You know, mm-hmm. even if it was terrible. It took me a while to get there. Yeah. But yeah. And it's one of the hardest things that you can do. Like what you have to do is get to be the age that your parents were. And then you're like, wait. Oh. When they were where I am now, they had, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That thing where they yelled and hit and punched, mm. it, it it's not okay, but right. I see it now. I see how I got yeah. there or I see what that, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to look back at the things that you hated mm-hmm. and end up doing some of them and understanding why they occurred. Or even getting close, and uh, it, yeah. it it's a really hard time. Yeah, absolutely. The the age things, but on both sides, because it's recognizing when I reach uh, an age mile, milestone that I witnessed in my mother, um, or recognizing an age milestone that my son is at that I was at, and and that's comparing so crazy. Those two. Mm-hmm. It's really because you know my, my son's thirteen now, and like that's that's an age where everything starts really happening. Yeah. Uh, and I have so much more perspective on exactly where my life was from that age forward. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. It's really weird. And it's also, there's so much level of protection I try to put in place mm-hmm. that I then have to look back at what I was doing at that age and what kind of freedoms I did or didn't have and try to compare against, okay, and where did I end up? What did I do with that? Was it really so bad to have, be as wide open as I was, for instance, but also comparing to the fact that the world's different. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, I was, you know, at, at, at this age, I was I was on the Internet. You know, I was uh, the Internet was just barely a thing, mm-hmm. but I was on the Internet on my own on a computer that didn't have any protections in place and any safety protocols and everything. And I I did fine. Um, but that's not necessarily the same thing as the Internet that he's growing yeah, up in. It's it's so, a whole different yeah. thing. It's weird to say this, but like when I was first on the internet, the worst thing that you could find was pornography. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas right. now the worst thing that you can find is a commentary about how you're a terrible person written by all of the people that you know at school. Yes. Right. Yes. It's like, it's so weird how personally devastating it could be. We're in an age where Pornhub literally has a better sex education section on their site than any of the schools. It does. Provide. I clicked on it. it yeah, like-, <laughs> like they they have a whole they have a whole sex ed course that they because because they said they recognize that schools are failing here and they know that people go to their website so they might as well do a better job of it and they do like so literally porn is the least of my concerns for him by a massive margin. How crazy is that? I don't mean to be a prude, but am I about to be the first? guy who goes to Pornhub just to read what they say about sex ed? <laughs> yeah. possibly, possibly not yeah. because of them doing oh, that's this. True. Yes. That's true. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Huh. But yeah, that that's that's kind of that's kind of the thing is is there's so much more I can't even comprehend that he's access to and I worry about it, but on the other hand, I also watch what he does with the internet on a regular basis and he's fine. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of stuff like this. There's shows he'll watch and I'll see some of them and it's like, this This is dumb, but it's not my place to judge what's dumb because I can't imagine what dumb things I was watching as a kid. And then randomly the TV <laughs> is on and it's something going through these complex uh, theories of like movie movie theories and like this deep analysis of the film. And it's like, you're getting, you're watching film analysis? Mm-hmm. And, and then like he'll tell me these facts he learned about science and stuff because he just randomly watches things about how things are done and how things work. And, you know, on the one hand, I could be really particular about, you know, oh, I wish you were reading science books instead. But also, I know he's got ADHD. I know he's not going to read those books on his own. So whatever he can get, and he gets this cool stuff, and he finds things, and he's got these connections with friends of his, and I hear conversations, and he'll talk to me about them and stuff like that. And, like, his understanding of LGBTQ rights is, it's not that I've kept... Yeah, it's not like I've kept it from Mm -hmm. him. It's not like I haven't talked to him about it. But the stuff he tells me or the stuff I hear him talking about with his friends is like, that stuff I never taught Mm -hmm. you. You are so much more compassionate than even I have tried to make you. God, it, like and, the language yeah. I used in high school. Ugh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I dropped <laughs> I dropped F bombs like a <laughs> like a mother effer. Yeah, when like, I have to imagine when I can't hear him this stuff that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, and, I mean, just just the just that you know, I played football over at, at Hart High School and yeah. like that was a powerhouse at the time and mm-hmm. it was so much about like, you know domination mm-hmm. right <laughs> you know it wasn't like playing the game well for f- fuck sportsmanship yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know uh but just dominating um I, I know that's a hard thing but let me let me tangent to something else real quick i love what you said about your mom jet i got a question for both of you guys uh this is origins for all of us mm-hmm. um what was a moment both of you guys experienced that you know that your parents also experienced and it made you think about that. You went, oh shit, my mom did the, went through this as well. Huh. You know, nothing in my youth because my parents and I had very different growing up experiences. My, I'm a first generation oh, okay. American. My parents grew up in the Caribbean. Really? And so there aren't a lot of like obvious touchstones oh, I didn't know that. Uh, that I think of when growing sure. up. Um, but parenting I know that there are definitely like moments where I've been like, uh-huh. oh man, it would be so much easier if I could just yell slash shake slash spank this kid right now instead uh-huh. of quietly being like, hey, buddy, 
we need to talk about your actions right there. Is that the choice mm. that you want to? And I, yeah. in my head, I'm just like, I, I'm not going to do what you did. I totally see why you did what you did because it was so much easier and so much more efficient. And so, you know, so I can see like those parenting moments, but I don't, I don't have much of a, a connection with the idea of my parents as young people or as teenagers mm. or as that thing. Yeah. Like I, um, because my parents <laughs> yeah. aren't, my parents aren't sure. particularly open. My mom is the years have gone by, especially as my uh-huh. wife will have, be having these conversations with my mom. Where my wife will be like, oh my God, your mom, this, this, that, that, this, this. Did you know that? And I'm like, no, no, I had, I had no idea. I had no idea. Cause my wife like will be like, and then, and then, and then sure. and ask all the questions. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. For me, it's been, it's little things like, um, I have this, I, there's a lot of time I spend doing things like, you know, this podcast for instance, or, uh, you know, time with my, my wife, um, who's not, not the mother of my kids um, or various events or just like me time of playing video games myself or so on. And I I constantly have this, uh, this pressure in the back of my head of, Oh, I need to, to make time to spend with my son. And and I do spend time with him. Um, But there's so much of the time that I realize he's also doing fine on his own. Yeah. And this is a thing, especially at this age. I mean, he doesn't have the in-person friends. He has the internet friends. Sure. Um, and that's not necessarily good or bad. It's just, it's the the reality of what it we've is what got. It is. Yeah. I mean, our neighborhood isn't, isn't well suited to him having a lot of in-person friends. At the they moment. also yeah. just the fact that, you know, it used to be, we were limited to the people we had access to in our neighborhood and our school uh, yeah. to have be, either be friends or not have those friends. And now we've got the internet to make our own groups. And I had that as a kid. And I can remember, you know, my mother was off in her own place a lot of the time on, on her computer doing her thing while I was on my computer doing my thing. And I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I really have to remember <laughs> that and adjust yeah. because I have this really this pressure in my head of, oh, I haven't made enough time for him. And then I'll go check on him and talk to him. And he's like, oh, he's doing his thing. He'd yeah. rather be doing his thing. He I'll... doesn't need me right now. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't have I don't have the uh, the the sad reaction to that. Like, it's not the thing of, oh, no, my son doesn't it's, need me. It's yeah, more it's like, like the... cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Right. Yeah, no, it's more like, OK, cool. I'm not neglecting you. You're fine. You you are building yourself right now, and I don't need to uh, step in here and try to build. I fucking build love you that on your behalf. Yeah, I, I I hope it's the right thing. But if it, it is if no, when no, I, no, no, each no, time no. when I evaluate well, it, I feel all the right. The thing is, if it it's is. not the right it thing, is. you've built the kind of relationship with your son where he will come and tell you it's not the right thing. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yes, I'll I'll tell you guys this. Um, Not dramatic pause, just cheers. (laughs) Um, I will say, again, I I, I said how well you guys fathered you guys were doing. Uh, And to elaborate more on that, I think the thing that you're doing, especially, is the amount of respect that you give both of your sons already as, like, living human sentient (laughs) beings, Uh I think is the most important thing. Like when I see Connor, it's it's so weird. I remember when I first met Connor, he <laughs> would literally hide behind Jet and like clutch at his leg <laughs> at this new person. Right. And then like the last time I saw him, he he fucking gave me dap and said, "What's up, dude?" <laughs> Which is great. No, the fact that he's that comfortable, <laughs> yeah, 
And he knows that, like, he doesn't see me that often, but to some degree, he, I'm Uncle Josh. And yeah, I'm like, I, I, I'm Uncle, like, you know, your, your dad's friend, Josh, mm-hmm. you know? And the fact that he's comfortable and he's cool and he's able to do his own thing and not trip on it is amazing. Or, like, the clips, Stephen, like, the clips that you'll show me, <laughs> like, your kid is going to be the fucking coolest dude when he grows up. I'm so excited to see what happens about that. And like the like, I guess I think about it, and it's like the one, the only time I really, I mean, my dad and I had some good memories, and it's, trust me, it's not a therapy session of like my dad. We're just talking about fatherhood at the moment. Um, you know, we would we would go shop for like records and stuff like that, and that would be fun. But like, I think the thing that I really held on to the most with my father would be, um, there'd be sometimes where I just I fucking needed a mental health day from school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I would I would say I was quote unquote sick, and my dad was like, "Yeah, you know, hey," he said, "Yo, if you need a day off, take a day off," and just left it at that. At the time, uh, my dad was collecting unemployment, so he was at home all day, and obviously I wasn't sick. Mm-hmm. So like at like eleven thirty, he like rap on my door and he's like, "Yo, man, let's go get some Tommies." And we fucking pile in the car. <laughs> we go get some chili dogs and uh, some fries. And like, he would just ask me, like, "Yo, what's going on? How's life?" You know. He, at that point, like, we were just like that was the only time. Like, it was like on that even level because again, he he grew up without a mother and a father. He his grandparents raised him, so his grandparents were like World War Two era you know super boomers so that that was way that was a way different lifestyle so he had that ingrained of like i am your father you will respect Mm -hmm. me you know what i mean so that downshift of like yo dude what's up is a huge big step yeah downshift so for like jed and you know steven for you guys to have that open I don't want to say freewheeling because I think that's a different connotation, but like this open, anything's on the table discussion yeah. to have with your sons. Yeah, I, I, I don't know at six or thirteen. I'm sorry, thirteen or fourteen, Jet. Thirteen. Thirteen to have that is so fucking crucial, and the fact that you guys are doing that, God bless you guys. Truly. Well, I think we've talked about it before. Is that like the thing I always say to my kid is. Listen, I'm trying to raise you to be the kind of person who I would want to hang out with when you're an adult, because when you're an adult, I want to be able to hang out with you, (laughs) you know? So it's like, so that's why we're kind to people. That's why we say thank you. That's why Mm -hmm. we're generous to people. You know, uh, I try to, I try to talk to him about, Hey, this is, these are the kinds of things you're going to have to deal with when you have a boss, mm -hmm. when you have a partner. You know, they, this the kind of behavior that we're talking about right at this moment is the kind of behavior that if you continue this will make it hard for you to build relationships with people that you care about and that you want to, to care in response. These are the kinds of things I'm trying to help you solve so that you can have a good future with other people. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, outside of that, it's just also it's coming to him and telling him, listen, here are the ways I've screwed up. And, and that that's big because I, uh, you know, I make a lot of I make a lot of mistakes with him. I absolutely do. You know, there are those there are those yelling moments that I can't hold on. I can't hold back, Mm -hmm. Um, particularly because the ADHD sometimes makes that really hard. 
And he has a lot of that problem too. And yeah. we're able to talk about that after we have a blow mm -hmm. up and discuss, here's, here's what happened. Here's, here's how and why this went down for each of us. Here's how I personally handled this badly as your father mm -hmm. and why it happened and how it got here. What I'm going to try to do to avoid that in the future. Here's some of the triggers that you and I went through with each other. Some of the triggers um, that you, you produced and again, and not blaming yeah. you, but yeah. here's, here's some of the behavior you had that was really frustrating for me. Sure. Here's the stuff I did that I recognize why it frustrated you and why yeah. we ended up in this. And so we have these personal conversations about kind of the, the post-mortem on an argument, essentially, of here's where it went so wrong for each of us. And let's see how we can figure out how to make that better. Yeah. Uh, it's I, the best I, I can do as someone who regularly does screw up as a parent. And that's not unusual. We all do. But I feel like that's the best I can do for him is try to acknowledge my screw ups yeah. and work with him on them. Well, I'll tell you this, and I'm glad we're obviously we're going deep and we're talking about this. Um, I'm, I'm glad to share some of my stuff because obviously I didn't grow up that way. But knowing what I went through and knowing what you're doing, it's such a good compare and contrast. And it, it just shows me more and more that like, dude, you're so on the right track. And the reason I can just point that out is, uh, you know, with, with my dad, it was always just so much, you know, uh, do as I say, not as I do. I'm your father and I'm right because I'm, I'm right, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And the funny thing is like, um, and, and it's, it's, I think you guys will appreciate this as you get older and you understand humanity and mortality and all this stuff that there's like, apply the proper names to whoever but there's like scott spence the father and then there's scott spence the man you know mm -hmm. and like whoever scott spence the father was 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 a light years different than scott spence the man because like scott spence the man was like this incorrigible scoundrel who's who's your drinking buddy who fucking had softball teams who went on tournaments and had house parties and he was like frank the tank from old school and was just like your best friend you know, and it's hard to, it's hard to justify, <laughs> you know, Frank to the tank with, you know, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. So eventually, because my dad was such a scoundrel, uh, again, uh, let's just lay it out on the table. I've had enough shots. He <laughs> went to prison for selling government equipment overseas. Like that's some high that's level. Some fucked up shit. Yeah, that's high level. That's yeah. a high level. That's high level. And, uh, you know, he got out because, you know, he uh, he said the right things that he had to say to get out, yep. you know, yep. and uh, those he, deals. Yeah. And like, you know, do what you got to do. I'm not we're not talking about that part specifically, <laughs> but the fact that <laughs> next time, next time, for sure, because <laughs> there's a lot of those. There's a lot of good stories, guys. I, I know them, <laughs> but like but the fact that, you know, I would look up to my father in that way of like he's a hundred percent right no matter what uh -huh. and then to have that prison thing mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it changes everything so i wasn't like rebelling per se but i was like oh hey you're human yeah <laughs> i didn't know you were human <laughs> god that's so important that's such an important moment as as much as that must have sucked in that and, and yeah. so much of that was bad. Yeah. The moments you get to find out that the, the people, the authority figures who you looked up to as knowing their shit don't know yeah. their shit. 
is that major defining moment. We talked about this a long time ago on episode two, but that's but, huge. But he couldn't let go of that. He he couldn't let go that he was, you, you know, I mean, there's that, you know, psychological thing of like, you know, like your father being like a, a version of God yeah. in the eyes of the sun type thing, mm-hmm. you know? And the fact that you guys have deconstructed that and the fact that you're able to break down the issue and talk about it and level from one person to another, even from the tender age of six mm-hmm. and 13 is, 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 is double the age of six, but it's also <laughs> a very, it's also a very tender age it's, you're going, you're going from youth into young manhood. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. so, you know, uh, um, Again, I've I think I've had seven shots at this point. So I'm I'm you can ask me anything. I'm willing to share whatever story. I can count but, them in your face. Yeah. Thank you. Uh but I will I will say this. Um I actually have uh on my Blackberry from a million Ooh. years ago, I had I recorded because I wanted to prove that I was right. It was a very dumb thing. I recorded the last well what ended up being the last conversation I ever had with my father. Because I haven't seen him since mm-hmm. this fight and yelling back and forth. And he was saying shit about me and I was saying shit about him. And it got to the part where I started calling him by his first name instead of dad, mm-hmm. you know, which is like the biggest uh, insult uh-huh. you can do, you know, as a son, you know, just call him Scott instead of dad. And the fact that you can just you can like in his voice you can hear him just clawing to anything of i mean he even said like i am your father and you will respect me (laughs) yeah like just just hanging on to anything in this fight you know this last fight we had like i would have i would have killed to have with the the dialogue that you guys are having with your kids Mm -hmm. now i think that is so important i i don't think i don't think it's important that you raise murray or connor or or kai to be like i am your father it's i'm a human being yeah yeah and you're a human being and we're going through all of this together let's relate (laughs) and the fact that you guys are doing that i love so much and have so much respect for you guys yeah well uh as your dads yes we love you too josh (laughs) thank you um, and you know it what? Is, it is past your bedtime. You can take the car too. No, uh, Friday you can take the car. Yes, it's fine. So I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask you this. Wait, let's wait. pivot back. If we, <laughs> I uh, go ahead, I think I think Jet was about to bring it in for a landing. He, he, come on. Your dads are saying it's <laughs> past your bedtime. Going. Here, let's it keep is, going. It, it's past two. your bedtime, it's buddy. It's Saturday. <laughs> you can do part two. You know, well, uh, yeah. When you, you wake up uh, fresh and and rested. We can uh, we can we can do part two of this this beautiful guess conversation. What? We're having waffles right, for can, breakfast. Can I ask you? Can, oh my god! Yes. <laughs> uh, wait. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go to bed. But can I can I ask you guys? I have two questions. But let me ask one question for both of you. All right. Um, and then we'll we'll, we'll do. It. Unfortunately, go to bed. So I told. All right. So high school for me, right? Because we 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 hit <laughs> we hit high school a lot. I think in this episode. So for me, it was a, a transitioning of what my dad said I needed to listen to, uh-huh. to what I really loved. Uh-huh. So obviously, Metalhead, my dad was like, you got to like Van Halen, Judas Priest, Metallica, Black Sabbath, <laughs> Led Zeppelin, and The Who. Which, by the way, 
I, I gave my dad so much credit for having the best taste in the world, which, by the way, Scott Spence, best taste in the world. But also, everybody loved those beers. <laughs> uh, transitioning, right? Transitioning from that to, like, the bands that really influenced me and stuff I still listen to today, which is Foo Fighters, Bob Mould, Nine Inch Nails, Pearl Jam, and Metallica. I will always love those bands from 13 from Connor's age to present day. What what were those bands for each of you that fucking just changed you? Uh I got to say for me, I I grew up all hip hop until I heard yeah, Radiohead's man. Creep. Ooh. Oh wow. And that blew the doors open for me to this whole other world of rock and roll music. All my friends were like, I hung out with the alt rock theater kids. You know, and I was just like, nah, can't be bothered, can't be bothered. And then something about that song was like this laser beam. Uh, and then in college, um, yeah. I had, uh, um, you know, I, I had a, uh, a buddy of mine, Scott uh, Scott Danbaum, who introduced me to this band, Centromatic. Uh, and then also that got me into Wilco. That, that opened a whole other set of doors, right? You know, like uh, Radiohead was Wilco, the, was the yes. opening of like, oh, there's this whole other wide world of music out there that is rock and roll music that's not just what, no offense, uh, the metalheads at school are listening to, um, you know, that's like a whole other thing that I hadn't given it an opportunity. And then to have it opened up even further uh, when I was in college uh, did a lot for me too. But then also I, Public Enemy. I mean, the idea that it was just like, Oh, it's this hip hop music that Welcome I love, to the but it's so smart and it's saying something. And then that sure. opened up to Boogie Down Productions and all the all the De La Soul yeah! and all the other stuff too. Uh, so I'd say it's probably you have a separate pot on that. I'd probably say mm-hmm. it's you know uh, Public Enemy, uh, Radiohead, and Centromatic because like Centromatic was a band that also became a band that like it was the first band that I like followed that I became passionate about that I was like at all their shows that I. Yeah, that I that I fell in love with in that way. I'm going to share with you one of my greatest sins, um, real quick. Uh, I feel bad about it now because I was a child, and I was a childish. Uh, you, when you're a child, you do childish things. I saw John Cougar Mellencamp, great show, by the way. His warm up act was Wilco during um, the Yankee Hotel Fox Trot yeah. tour. Nobody got what they were doing, and the whole crowd at the Hollywood Bowl fucking booed Wilco. (laughs) I was part of the booing crowd for Wilco. I I had heard of them. I didn't. We're like, bring on Melon Camp. (laughs) Booed Wilco. They, 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 Wilco ended their set after like half an hour and like three years later I had bought this CD by Wilco because my friend recommended it and I was like these guys are fucking great how do I remember that name went through my ticket concert book and went oh oh, I did I did a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) Jet High School bands change your life yeah I mean I was I was homeschooled so I didn't have that specific uh thing and so it like it was harder to have the outside influence I was big into alternative rock so like uh you know I Michael Hyman was in is in the same place Bare Naked Ladies was on constant constant loop for me like that was that was my my band 
Um, I'd say probably the first thing that like took me entirely out of the realm of music that my mother had introduced me to was a, a friend of mine who I had a massive crush on at the time who I'd yeah. worked with on, uh, on freaks and geeks. Um, for my birthday, she gave me her favorite album, um, which was an album by Bush. Mm. And I had never heard Bush at that point and is like, okay, but you know, this is her favorite album. So I am going to listen to this album. Uh, and so I listened to the fuck out of it. And, um, that would have been uh, the science of things was the one. Yeah, that was, I think that was the album she gave me. Yeah. The science of things. Good album. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I list, you know, the first time I listened to that album through is like, all right, this is pretty good. And then the second time is like, oh yeah, I recognize all these songs. I know these songs. These are familiar. And then like the third and fourth and fifth and sixth time through is like, this is, this is my and jam. And it gets embedded onto you. Yes, absolutely. That's and so, yeah. the best thing. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things. And so like you, you talk about that experience of like the high school thing. And like, I think that was probably a thing that was missing for me because I didn't have that influence of all of my friends telling me, wait, you got to listen to this. Um, and so like that was huge for me when I had a friend who actually did that for me. And that's where that yeah. album came from. And so, yeah, that, that was probably a big changing moment for me, but there's so much I listened to, especially because my mother was so into music because she worked in the industry and everything uh, when she was young. And so I had a lot of that influence, but I'd say that was, that was a, a, a seminal moment for me of a thing that kind of came at from outside in and sure. changed my perspective and gave me more. And then honestly, I will say a thing that's really cool about having teenage kids. Uh -huh. If you're open-minded is they introduce you to new music. Yeah. And I, I love the stuff that they, they bring to me because like it, I wouldn't have heard it otherwise. And a lot of my, my rotations in my playlist now, my, my auto generated playlists I include a lot of the things they've introduced because they're like, Oh, get, you should listen to this. And I say, okay, you know, to my, my Google Hi, and was the DJ at our play, this, play this song <laughs> mm -hmm. for me. And so it starts playing me more music by that artist. It's like, I'm, I'm into this. Like my daughter introduced me to Melanie Martinez and mm. like, she's actually really good and has some cool stuff. And like her album is, is its own entire uh, novel story in itself. She has music videos for every single song and it's telling the, the progression of, of all That's the school great. grades. And it's like, it's really cool. Like there's all this great stuff happening now and i love getting introduced to new things by other people including my own kids that's awesome let me say this before you before we close out properly um given this was an origins <laughs> quote-unquote episode uh -huh. um i couldn't think of two better people to do an origins episode with i absolutely uh, love both of you guys. You know, everybody else is going to hear death. this, right? <laughs> I don't care. It's, it, <laughs> dude, I've had so many it, shots. I, yes, I we know. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I love everybody on Super Legit, obviously, but um, I mean, I've had so many conversations individually with both of you guys, not about improv, not about my a million different pitches on ride the lightning or uh thunderstruck <laughs> whatever whatever those things might whatever, be <laughs> whatever project i have in mind no the fact that i can like you guys have come to me with stuff the fact that i've come to you with stuff uh the fact that we can just we, we do we did a whole episode about some heavy shit and mm -hmm. you got you guys let me get to uh, uh, I hope. Hopefully, it's good. Yeah, but, it's a good place. <laughs> whether it's good or not, I got to fucking air a lot of my uh dirty laundry out, and the fact that you guys just yes and it and take it and 
Um, I, I, I mean, I love you guys, and I totally uh, respect you guys, and it's it's truly an honor to be friends with both of you. I mean, you're the best, and that's not to say uh, everybody else on Super Legit is awesome because you know Michael Hyman, Chris Sanders, Tri- Michael Boozer, Ali Maher, Chris Compton. I love all of you guys. You guys know that. But um, thank you, Jack Kaufman, St. James. <laughs> I love you guys too. You, you, you guys are like brothers to me. Thank you. Uh, but we prefer if you call us dads. Um, dad, we yeah. appreciate being <laughs> like brothers, but we prefer yeah. dad. Yeah. Okay, dad. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. pops. Pops. I'm good with pops. We're doing pops. Okay. So I think you have okay. one more question for us. Uh, our new son, who we love so much. Uh, yeah. Well, no, go ahead, Jed. Start doing your thing. All right. Well, uh, thank you to my uh, my co-dad and my son for joining me <laughs> on this episode. Thank you always, always to Matt Walker for your amazing intro and outro music that really just brings this whole thing together. Check uh, check out Matt's work in the show notes. Uh, please subscribe to us on your platform of choice. Leave us a review on Apple iTunes, on Podchaser, on you name it, and tell your friends to listen to us uh, on every episode, even this I remember one. my question. Yeah. Well, what was it? What would you get? Should I, should I start recording now? Uh, yeah, Josh, please start recording now. Sorry, Dad. I don't believe <laughs> anything's on Oh, my time I kick the door On its hinges Just so I can move Guys, I love getting deep. I love getting deep. I oh, don't I know. It. And I got to say, I think it took a turn when you, Josh, broke in and we're like, I got a real fucking question about this Aunt Jemima thing. And then it yes. took, like, everything got like, it. we went like the whole other level there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was ready. Um, quick That's question. Some serious um, stuff, too. Yeah. I, I do pride myself on uh, holding my liquor. I honestly do. Um I wasn't too sloppy, was I? I mean, I made no. a couple shots. Right You're no Michael Hyman. No. <laughs> yeah.